Chapter 27 Offspring of Sin The girl stands on the shore of a mountain lake, her bare toes just touching the icy water. A high and narrow waterfall sheets from the cliffs to her right, plunging into a cloud of mist as it meets the lake. The veil is all noisy silence. The crush of the falls, the call of waking night girls, the wash of trees in the wind. But behind that is the stillness of a held breath, full of an ever-growing need for release. Across from her, high up on the cliff face, is the enormous carving of a man's head. The beard is a hang of pale moss, but the girl wonders if the face was made by man or by the water and wind. The thrusts of striated rock that form the brows are not even, nor is the noble nose so symmetrical as to suggest the intentional craft of trained hands. The little lake is held in a veil like tea in a cup, the great blank eyes of the strange face peering into the waters as if seeking some dark augury in the depths. There is no way into this veil save a steep climb down the cliffs. Had she done that? The girl wonders. Her memory is just as misty as the base of the falls. She is hungry. Mother has not come, though she has said she would. She has promised to come here and meet her daughter so they can finally be together. The girl moves away from the shore and finds a dry, flat boulder to perch on. The air is growing colder. It will be another miserable night. If her flesh must be cold, then perhaps her heart can be warm. She hums a little tune and allows her mind to float. She imagines her thoughts to be like the trout she sometimes pulls from the lake, aimless, unthinking, sometimes moving slow, sometimes darting in quick lunges. In this way she allows time to be, and her longing for her mother fills her without breaking her. At some point, after the sun goes down and darkness claims the sky, she sleeps. She doesn't see the violet glow appear in the water. She doesn't see it grow brighter until the cliff walls and the trunks of the pines are ablaze with it. A face emerges from the lake, surrounded by black hair that falls in glistening sheets over pale shoulders. Wide eyes blink away the last streams of water and fix on the sleeping girl. The water spirit Semuin presses a hand to her heart and weeps. She lives outside of time. Her daughter is trapped within it. The spirit watches until the sky begins to lighten, and just as the girl stirs, Semuin slips below the surface and swims to her grotto behind the falls. Till has cursed the water spirit for disobeying him and indulging her desires for mortal men. The offspring of that sin now haunts the vale, unattached and wild, a child that was and is and might yet be. Semuin reaps in her grotto and schemes. If the child's father is not good enough for Father Till, then she will replace him with one who is. It is of no matter that the child has already been born, for Semuin can swim through time. Any man can be the father. But she needs one who is not merely a man, but one whose veins still course with a bit of gunfire. The child rises from where she's been curled. Her muscles are cold and stiff from lying on stone all night. The falls still royal in the water. She thinks that perhaps today will be different. Perhaps today, mother will come.
To learn more about Semyon and Kyla's father and her birth, read the short story Veil of Semyon, available on Amazon, Kobo, Barnes & Noble, pretty much anywhere ebooks are sold.